So here we go, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Itchus Town Track the Girls Talk podcast here on Kings of Anglia. I'm joined as ever by my co-host and town woman skipper, Blue Wilson. We are proudly sponsored by John Fowler's Solicitors. Big up Mark Kennedy, as always, for his support. And uh, this week, we have a special guest. It's the gaffer. Itchus Town Women's manager, Joe Sheen, is joining us. Uh, he is going to be doing a lot of heavy lifting on the pod because um, for a rare podcast... We weren't at a game, so he needs to share all the thoughts and all that. But um, let's bring in Blue. How's things with you? Um, hope your mum had a great birthday. It was a big 50th, I saw. So I hope she had a good one, Claire. Big 50th. Um, so it was a little gathering on Saturday night. Um, so although I wanted to be in Bridgewater, it wasn't a bad one to miss because I did get to go and um, be involved with that. So that was quite nice. Um, but yeah, what else have I done this weekend? Yeah, just chilled, really. Obviously kept up to date with the Twitter updates. Was a bit worried in the first half, but um, we managed to put it around the second half. So yeah, all good. What about you, Ross? Yeah, very good. Um, of course, a big game on Saturday for the men's team, and then yeah, Sunday was a rare day not travelling to see the women's team play. Uh, some family stuff, and uh, saw my niece play some football as well. So I still watch some women's football, but you know, very young, young football under tens football. But that was good. But um, enough of that. Let's bring in the man himself, Joe Sheehan. How are you doing, my friend? Have you recovered from the Bridgewater trip slash Super Bowl? I know you're a big American football fan. How's things? Uh, yeah, hello to you both. Um, yeah, I'm doing all right. Got in uh, about half past ten. And um, yeah, hour later, Super Bowl's on. And uh, yeah, really good game. Enjoyed that as well. Um, and then, yeah, new week. And happy to be on your podcast that I very much enjoy listening to. That's good. Are you going to be listening them back? Are you going to be able to sort of... You know, or not? You're not going to be one of those people. Probably not. No, I, yeah. I don't think I listen to much of the stuff that I do. I quite enjoy listening to other people. So, yeah, maybe not. You might have one less viewer this week. Oh. Got it. God, oh, it's going to ruin our figures, but that's fine. It's fine. I'm sure we're going to get that extra one um, to listen back anyway. Uh, let, let's talk then about the game itself. So, a two-nil win, three points, clean sheet in the bag, a long journey. Um, as I said, Joe, you're going to be doing a lot of heavy lifting because you were there in the flesh um, on the touchline. Um, just your overall thoughts on the win before we get into the nuts and bolts of the game. Yeah, just an important win at this stage of the season. Um, difficult place to go, really difficult. And those that have played there or watched the game, they will know how difficult it is to win a game there. So, yeah, the first kind of thought is just, yeah, big win, really important, three points. Um and yeah, that, that's all that matters off the back of the weekend. And so now we have a, a bit of a break before another another game coming up in two weeks. Yeah, indeed. And Blue, just thoughts on the win. You know, we, we always know when we play Bridgewater team, you know, the, it's only they've been close games, you know, one nil wins the last three times we played against them. Um, as you said, you're watching on Twitter, seeing what's going on. And yeah, it was a goalless first half. What was your thoughts when, when you saw that? I think I just mirror what Joe says in terms of it is a big win because Bridgewater, although they're sort of lower down on the table, they don't concede many goals. Um, so it's always going to be tough. The pitch isn't isn't ideal. It's not um, it's not the cleanest surface. Um, so after the first half, I mean, I was not not concerned, but um, I don't know whether Kieran was. <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to tell when Kieran's um, putting the tweaks out as to gauge like who's got momentum and who hasn't. Um, but I was very happy when uh, Lucy O'Brien put the pen away. That settled um, my nerves a little bit. And then from there, I was, I was pretty confident that we could see the game out. 
Um, but especially as, you know, as we've got nine games to go. Um, so three points really important. Indeed. Uh, Joe, sort of give us some sort of info on, on the first half then. It, it goal is at half-time. Um, as I heard, Sarah made a few good saves. Uh, yeah, what, what, what happened in the first half? Well, I think um, it's really interesting because we, we warmed up really well. Um, and I've had many conversations with our staff over many years, actually, about the the advantages of a good warm-up and some of of our best performances off the, have been off the back of having to adapt or stuck in traffic or turning up late, not a great warm-up. We warmed up really, really well. We identified the surface is difficult and, you know, we're not expecting to play on, you know, really top-class um, Deso pitches every week, but that the pitch looked okay compared to last year, but it's just really soft. I think that, that kind of sums it up really well. It's a really soft pitch. There's a lot of sand on it. Um, it's quite difficult on the legs. Um, even I remember jogging over to turn the VO off at half time and I felt my ankle go a little bit. Um, so, yeah, you know, God knows our players are when they're running a lot quicker and changing direction. So that's not helpful. Um, and it is, it's really bumpy. It's, it's really unpredictable. It's not level at all. I took a couple of photos actually of the corner flag, um, which shows a real kind of hill. Um, so, yeah, it's just about understanding that. And, you know, it will be the same for everybody. But, you know, it, it doesn't make it an even game just because it is the same for everybody because everybody will have a different team, a different way of playing and way play, play to their strengths. And, you know, ours doesn't always suit that. So we identified that we might have to adapt. Um, and for whatever reason, we didn't quite adapt well enough in the first half based on how we had prepared to play the game. So we were, were fortunate to go in level because of the chances that Bridgewater had. Um, but, yeah, fortunately, in the second half, you know, we did we did get back on track and managed to get what was probably a really important goal early on. And once we got that, I think it was quite comfortable. Probably could have gone down two or three. I think we played the conditions a lot better, played the pitch a lot better, made better decisions. Um, and, yeah, it, it ended up being quite a comfortable win in the end. But, again, it could have been a totally different story at halftime. Yeah, definitely blue, you know. Lucy stepping up and scoring, um, you know, she won the penalty herself and scoring. I think we always are confident with Lucy when she steps up to take a set piece or a goal and, uh, yeah, another good goal for her back-to-back games. Yeah, definitely. Um, oh, there's a bit of a toss-up to see if it's Lucy O'Brien or Bonnie taking pens, but I think they can both put them away. So either one of them I'm comfortable with. And it's, it, I think the second goal as well was from a set piece, wasn't it? So um, finally we've got a goal from a corner. Finally, Ross. Yes, and Joe, I'm sure you're relieved as well as, as the gaffer. You know, uh, Lucio Bryan on that 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 corner kick as well, and Tash leaping highest. Oh, actually, I actually haven't seen the goal, so I'm just making it up. But I, I can imagine she's leaped highest ahead of it. But uh, yeah, what was that goal like? You've literally described it very well. Um, yeah, nice to score a set piece. We spent Friday really trying to dial into some detail and some. I don't know what you want to call it, you know, just a real appetite to, you know, head the ball in the goal. And I think our, our quality of deliveries have been pretty good of late from loads of different players. So it's just about, you know, 
attacking the right spaces um, and being really aggressive on 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 your your contact to try and head the ball. And you know, we we done just that for that goal. So yeah, really pleased to get a goal like that because you know, as we said yesterday's type of pitch and opposition and game doesn't it, it was never going to allow us to to play through pocket players and combine and you know, move through the pitch really well. We was never going to do that and. Um, once we understood that that wasn't going to be an option and that we had to play the game a bit differently, you know, set pieces also play a huge part in that as well. And yeah, really pleased to score one. And um, yeah, probably should have had a third as well. I think Freyas got a really good goal from across um, that was, was given offside. I've, I've not not seen it back yet. I watched bits of the first half. I've not seen the goal back yet to find out why that was disallowed. I've got a feeling it might have been tashing offside position in the goalie's line. Um, but the linesman's given that, so I'm not sure if that would have been the case because I, I, I thought the referee would have made that call. That's fair enough. Yeah, I think I, I was following some of the, the Twitter um, updates from Kieran and I saw, oh, 3 0. Oh, no, it's been it's been disallowed. Um, well, he, he said it was disallowed, not he said 3 0 because, yeah, we ain't got VAR and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, Blue, as we said at the beginning, um, job done, three points, clean sheet, always good get a clean sheet after, of course, last week. Sarah making her 50th appearance and oh, she could have got a clean sheet by a late goal. But um, just when we play these sort of teams, they're difficult to play against. And to, to as Joe said at the end there, we were comfortable and we could have made it three or maybe four, but good three points. Yeah, definitely. About riding that wave and not, not conceding in the first half, so so important. I think the game changes otherwise and becomes quite difficult. Um, so the fact that we rode that, um, didn't concede and then capitalised in the second half, uh, I think it's a shows the strength of our team and hopefully we can carry that forward to um, some tough games coming up. Indeed. And and Joe, I always like to know what was the uh, overnight stay like, the hotel and just the, you know, that's, that's the last one of the season most likely because, um, you know, we've got all the long trips out of the way now. I think we've got, you know, Crawley Wars and MK and stuff like that. But are you happy that all the long journeys are out of the way now? Yeah, I don't mind them. Um you know, arguably we prepare a little bit better when we do because we have the opportunity to do some some of our, um, I guess, our video work and our analysis either at the hotel or and, and a briefing in the morning of the game. So, yeah, sometimes we, we can be a bit more clear on what we're looking for. We prepare really well on a Friday, but sometimes you then get an extra day to to reinforce some messages. Um, yeah, our, you know, really good. Holiday in, nice. It wasn't Kieran's cup of tea. He's a bit of a hotel snob. But I think he's just a bit bitter as an ex-Holiday Inn employee. Um, but me and, me and McDabs liked it. We had a good discussion about it on the way home yesterday. Thought the service was great, really well looked after. Um, so, yeah, no complaints on our part. I think Sophie um, Physio had some, I think it was a dog next door or opposite that was keeping her up in the morning. I know Jack was kept up by Kieran snoring, so um, yeah. yeah, a few a few technical issues, shall we say? But yeah, I was I was quite fortunate. I, I enjoyed myself. Had a, had a good weekend, and uh, yeah, the the win makes it even more special. Indeed, and um, let's mention a debut, of course, which will go under the radar a little bit because um, she came on for the final ten minutes. Um, Brooke Kearns, of course, signing from West Ham on a dual registration. I wanted to ask Joe about that sort of process of signing players on dual registration from Super League clubs. So she's come from West Ham. We've got Freire as well from Arsenal. How's that process look like? And you know, how has Brooke been since being in training and making her debut? 
Yeah, it, it can be different depending on the player. Frey was someone we'd highlighted early that we felt it's a position and a type of play that we really wanted. But obviously we have to consider um, her circumstance with Arsenal. Where do they see her? What does her week look like? Where does she live? Um, is it going to be doable? Um, Brooke was a little bit different to that. Um but yeah, you know, clubs are, you know, Arsenal were really good with, with Freya and, you know, we have a really good schedule. I know she's been with us a little bit longer. Um, Brooks obviously a little bit different. She had been on the bench for West Ham in a, in a few of their games and had, had a previous registration in, in the league below. Um, but someone that, you know, once we met, you know, we, we felt, um, you know, someone with a real appetite to improve. I think that, that stood out early. She was really keen to improve and she felt that you know, we could provide that environment and support um and then yeah she 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 matched the kind of player that we've always wanted to invest in our know, young players that have a real appetite to improve and whilst usually it's those that are homegrown we know she's from the northwest but but is relocated and lives lives down south now so yeah that that kind of married up really well um and yeah, just just give us a little bit something different, really, and and that's where you know, we look at yesterday's game as a prime example that Brooks, someone who can play a little bit deeper, a little bit higher, um, she should play anywhere. She's she's made that clear. She play absolutely anywhere she's needed for the team, um, and you know, even from uh, an attacking sense, you know, the players we've got that, that kind of occupy central areas: Sophie, Lucio, Brian, um, Sarah Rosero, Frey, who's kind of done that as well. Brooks totally different to those players. Um, she added a bit of a calmness yesterday, but we also thought she'd be someone that would be really robust. Um, would would look at the dirty work, um, break play up, and really get after the ball. Really tenacious, really get about the pitch and and give us something a little bit different, which is you know a great tool to have in a game like yesterday. I mean, fortunately, I didn't think we were under threat at two 0 but had we been. You know the substitution would have still taken place because she would have been exactly what we needed, um, and just had a, she added a real calmness to the team and you know played really simple, knows her game and knows how to play to that her strengths really well, um, and so gave us just something a little bit different. Which um, I'm sure that if we need that type of player, then you know she'll provide what what exactly what we want um, in whatever game it's required. Oh, Russia muted. Rookie error. Oh, I embarrassed myself there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, anyway, we'll move on. Um, just so I we don't need to. Those. I can lip read. I, I, I read everything you said. I agree. Yeah, good character. Yeah, me too. Character. Me too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, well, let's let's segue out of the game and um, talk about the big feature on the podcast, as always. Ten questions with, and uh, we've mixed the questions up a little bit. So, um, pineapple on pizza is gone. Uh, me and Blue's battle is now finished. Um, I think in the end it was a draw, Blue. I think. I think. Uh, well, yeah, we'll have to maybe listen back and find out, but we won't. We won't do that. But um, ten questions, ten new questions. I'll let you start. Uh, start, Blue. Take it away. Well, this one's. An, I like this one, Ross. By the way, um, who is your biggest influence? When I was thinking about that, uh, I think it's really difficult, depending on what kind of avenue you want to look at it so yeah. when I thought about that question I think there's kind of three different um, ways and I'll probably go for all three because I, I can't actually determine 
who would be regarded as the biggest influence. Um, obviously, family, parents, um, grandparents, and granddad in particular is a huge influence, but more more so as just a person um, and personality traits and you know, just doing the right thing and, and being being a good person, I think, is something that as I've got older, I've related to even more and just being trying to be really honest and, um, yeah, be a really good person. I think it's really important. Um, obviously, sports side, I think my PE teachers at school, um, I, I, I even still speak to any other occasion now and I just thinking, ah, oh, I just love these people. You know, my PE teacher was just like everything I wanted to be. Um, you know, great sense of humour, popular at the school. Um, and yeah, just in awe of them, really. You know, PE teachers are the first people that kind of introduce you to so many different sports across a wide range of things from athletics to football to all sorts of stuff. And yeah, I really enjoyed my school experience with my PE teachers. And then from a footballing perspective and coaching and management, probably brought up in Dagenham and spent a lot of time at the football club when John Still was the manager and was fortunate enough to be around a team that had progressed out of non-league to League One and seeing how that team made those strides and how we managed them and how we utilised staff and you know, the unity of the group and you know what they stood for and um, how they coached and that was something that probably really wet my appetite for coaching and management you know going, we're going back probably 15 years ago now so yeah probably across those three things you know school family football couldn't probably separate um but yeah they they that, that combined a huge huge influence on where i'm at now good answer my friend good answer and, and blue i'm putting you on a spot here any, any I, I knew you were going to do that, Ross. Yeah. So I will be back next week with or whenever our next pod is, and I will tell you mine then because I, I can't think of the spot. So I'm not okay. going to answer it properly. That's fine. That's fine. I'm it's fine. a good question, though. I really like it. It's, it's, you it, you know, it's... Me, but she won't say it whilst I'm here. <laughs> that's fair. That's, that's one. That's one. She's got many. She's got many. I'm sure. Yeah, I'll say, I'll say I'll answer half the question. I'd put Joe in there just so he's happy. <laughs> there you go. Good, good, good gaffer, good gaffer. Um, now, number two question, Joe. Um, your favourite thing to cook? Uh, are you a chef? Or, you know, what, what, what's, what's your go-to? So, I, I've, I'm i really good at a few dishes. Um, I really enjoy it. So, my, my dad spent a bit of time in Belgium. And there's a recipe called um, Stovres, which is chips with um, beer and beef sauce. Um and I have the recipe to that, and I cook that really well, and I love it. Um, so yeah, probably that would be something that I quite enjoy doing. Other than I do a really mean bolognese, so that that as well. Yeah, you can't go wrong with bolognese. Can't go wrong. Um, Blue Joe, who's already mentioned school. Let's um, let's bring up. Maybe it will be PE, but take it away. Yeah, I'm going to assume it is, but we'll go for it anyway. What was your favourite subject in school? Do you know what? Yeah, PE is an obvious answer, but yeah. for the benefit of the pod, I, I quite enjoyed English. And looking back, geography as well. And I didn't mm. didn't probably 
really embrace geography. I think it can depend on, I guess, your year group, your teacher, and whether there's like a real moment that makes you really warm to that. So I've quite enjoyed traveling in countries and capital cities. And I'll, I'll even watch now on telly, a, I don't know, a random train ride through Chile, you know, and I think, oh, this is, I quite like this. Um, but English, yeah, I can remember Of Mice and Men was a book. I don't know if it was just my, I don't know if that's still going now, but I remember yeah, still going. being obsessed reading of Mice and Men because it was part of my GCSE. Um, but yeah, that, that as well was obviously as well as PE, like we said. Do you know what? I think geography, it's, you know, I know there's some people who are really bad at like where countries are, but I love geography myself. Blue, are you? You're pretty good with your capitals and where places in Europe is? Uh, I'd say I'm okay. Yeah. Above, above average, but I wouldn't say it's a super strength. Yeah, I've I noticed there's some who aren't great at their capitals or stuff, and I'm like, oh, surely you got to know capital of Spain and all that. But won't get into that. It's another another conversation. Um, now, Joe, I know one of the answers on this list could be a very obvious one, maybe your hat. But um, what is the one item you can't live without? So every time you ask this, I, I well, I always try and think what could. And do you know what? For me, it's got my glasses. Because hmm? if. I don't have my glass. I can't see anything. So, like, my laptop has, like, my life on it. But if I've not got these, there's no point in me having this. Yeah. So, it's got to be my glasses because, yeah, I can't live without them because I'm blind as a bat. Fair play. But now, once again, it's a practical thing. As you said, right now you won't be able to see us. You'll be able to hear us, but you won't be able to see us. Um, but, yeah, it's all but practical. You always got to think practical with that answer. I like to hear it. Um, Blue, over to you. Maybe the, the next answer could be, yeah, just to actually have eyesight. <laughs> actually have eyesight. <laughs> uh, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? I've actually changed my answer on this. Okay. Okay. And when I listen to it, usually, I'm even younger, I always think I'd just love to be able to fly. So just like, you know, so elevate myself and I can wear it whatever. But recently I thought, my superpower would be, so if I'm 34 now, as time goes on, I stay at 34. Okay. For as long as I want. And then in, say, 16 years' time, I could almost think, oh, I'll resume now. And then my life continues. And I think, oh, I'm quite enjoying being 37. I'm going to hold it here for a little bit. So I could live for about four or 500 years if I wanted, but I could do 200 of those years, age 35. And I'm like, I'm, let's get to 50 to see what that's like. Um, probably that. Like that. I like yeah, that. That's a very good answer. Very good answer. Like that. Definitely. Um, question six then. But sorry, can't go back. Okay. So one, okay, one time, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. it. You know, get the 38, 39. Can't, I think I'll go back to 27. That's quite good. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, once again, you, it's got to be rules because if you have no rules in yeah, these superpowers, then yeah, yeah, because if not, just everything will go crazy. Um, what is the uh, a small thing annoys you then, Joe? What's the one thing, and just in general? So, um, this has probably been really highlighted since COVID, but I can't stand people too close to me. So if I was to meet someone for a coffee, uh, I'm, I'm quite comfortable with someone two, three metres away or a coffee table, sofas, lounging, you know, and, and just having a conversation. People that want to 
approach me and have a conversation, <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I'm like, I really struggle with that. It's a real, real, real fit, it's a real issue for me, yeah. Um, and again, obviously, during COVID, when you know, you were being able to go back and meet people and such. I still couldn't get how people would want to just get in my face. Because, <laughs> like, you can have a conversation, but just, just stand there. It's okay, I can hear you. If people don't want to get real up close, I'm like, freaks me out. Move away. And I got to the point where I was actually telling people, just move away, please. Yeah. Um, so probably that. So it's a little thing that really annoys me. And even at, at Portman Road, I'll... I try and sit at the back, especially if it's not a sellout. I'll try and sit back row, middle stand, uh, top tier, the, the uh, stand along the side. Um, and there's no one within 50, 60 seats. And I just quite like that. And then I'll get some, some person will come sit like behind me. Yeah. And then leaning over on their chair, I can feel them down my neck. <laughs> <laughs> on the same one, like. Yeah, on the same on a train or a bus. If you're like, you know, you're definitely on the train, you're like, you've got, you've got your whole carriage to yourself, and then someone comes up and they just sit right next to you, or, you know, it's like, mate, there's a whole carriage here free. But, but yeah, I get yeah. that. And def definitely I know he's a, he's, a, he's a proud sponsor, so we'll give him a shout out. But Michael Kennedy, he done it. Uh, I can't remember the game. I was sat at the front of the bus, and he sat in the seat behind me, but he was putting his head over the top like that. <laughs> And I was like, I'll, I'll move, I'll move, shall I? Yeah. Once again, you've got, you've got everyone in space, haven't you? Definitely with, you know, definitely with the history I've had with COVID and stuff, but just in general, you want your own space. And, yeah, I'm just yeah. big on, just give me my personal space, you know. Yeah. We can still chat. I'm not saying you've got to, you know what I mean? But just, yeah, I don't need you. Nah. Face, face to and face. And there's, there's a lot of people like that. And I even pick up now when I watch other people have a conversation, I think, oh, that's too close. <laughs> involved. And I'm worried for these people. <laughs> oh, that is pretty, I weren't expecting that, but that, that is just, that is a fantastic answer. And this is a, a new question on 10 questions with, and I'm interested to see the annoyance, different things from people, which is just going to be great. Um, so yeah, get right, right, get right into it. I'm going to change to a different question now, Blue, very different, but um, take it away. Yeah, we'll move on from that one. We'll go to favourite holiday destination. You, you don't have to have been there, can be somewhere you want to go. Yeah, it'll probably be somewhere where I have been. Uh, I've, been I've been fortunate, I've been to a lot of really nice places. Um, I've been to Aruba in the Caribbean, was really nice, but wasn't really there long enough. Um, I enjoyed my trip to America in 2018, went to Los Angeles and Las Vegas, I loved that. But probably last year when I went to Turkey uh, in a place called Lujo in Bodrum was, um, yeah, by far the, the best place I've ever been. Favourite holiday destination for sure. Love that, love that. Um, now, early bird or night owl then, Gaffer? What, what, what are you? Night owl, all day. Yeah. All night, should I say. Yeah, <laughs> very true. Yeah, I'm sure you're, you're one of those Coaches that, you know, watch a lot of footage and just preparing for the day ahead? Yeah, I just think sometimes your your life and your experiences or your work can determine what you are. So if I think back to coming into this profession, my whole life really in employment would have been working at my peak from half six onwards in the evening. 
So throughout my whole journey, I'm used to getting home at nine, ten o'clock and eating, and then talk about adrenaline and reflection. And so I'm, I've kind of become accustomed over 10, 15 years of, of having to be at my peak quite late. Um, and yeah, I tend to just get a lot of the best workout, really, um, which I don't mind because, you know, we, we train obviously in the afternoons, but don't get in at seven, eight o'clock because I tend to do a lot of the work. If I was, if I was to get in at seven, eight o'clock, a lot of the work I would do, I tend to do at midnight, one, two o'clock. Um, and I quite prefer that. I feel much more pre prepared for my next day because um, a, a big part of what we're doing now is there's so much reflection on the previous session, let alone game. So I don't feel like I can have a session on a Tuesday and then attack Wednesday without reflecting on Tuesday. I feel like I need it to be something fresh. So because of that, yeah, I just have to do a lot of work late. And um, yeah, I don't mind it to be fair. I'm with you on that. I'm a night owl as well. Um, where are you, Blue? Are you a night owl or an early night, bird? Night, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Like, do you know what? Me and my girlfriend, this or last night, we decided we're going to put an like an alarm on to wake up early, go out for a nice walk in the morning. We, we decided 6 a.m. Nah, it didn't happen. Did it? it didn't happen. It, just, we, we, it came on and we just went, nah, goodbye. And then we're, we're up eight. And we still went for a walk, but we're trying our best to wake up a bit earlier. But I don't know if it's just your body's just not used to it. I get up early if I've got something to do in the morning, but I just can't do it if, you know, if I know if I, I'm just getting up just for, for the sake of getting up. I think just, yeah, your body just wants to let you sleep and sleep. So, so yeah, I'm a night owl too. Over to you, Blue. This is now. I've got my answer to this, Blue. I'm just going to sh check out there. Of course, it is to learn to drive. That's one skill I need to, <laughs> to master. But yeah, I just thought get it out there before the jokes come in. But no, yeah, take it away. Ross, you've got time. Don't let anyone yeah. pressure you. Yeah. Um, what skill would you most like to master? Um, as in a sport or. And could be anything. So it could be. So the first thing that came to my mind was golf, or yeah. perhaps it's I don't know, knitting or you know, like a hobby like that, or music. Love, I would love to be fluent in a language. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, and I really, I, I tried committing to Spanish because I thought I could just communicate to Sarah Brazero in game, and people would be like, "What is he saying?" <laughs> but I just. Couldn't get past a level one Duolingo, instead of our other uh, app providers for language. But I just, I just, I just couldn't get past a level. Now, I mean, I got to the point where I had to keep pronouncing stuff, and yeah, it just, I was losing, I was losing lives and stars because my, lit my, um, the way I was saying it was just a bit off, and I thought I've had enough of this. But in the end, I ended up just making up words to Sarah at times. I'll just make up something totally random that sounds Spanish, and she'll just go see. So. Um, so that I'd love to be able to sing. Yeah, I that that would be something. You know, like people don't really know, and then you could go, oh, you present me with a mic, and you let something go, and people go, oh my goodness me, I didn't know that. Uh, but yeah, I would love if I could be an absolute master of golf as well. Yeah. That would really satisfy me. There was um, going to be another question I was going to add actually on this. What, what's your go-to karaoke song? I've heard you drop some Sean Paul before, but uh, what's yours? Um, I don't really have one. I I do know all the words to the Sugar Hill Gang rapper's delight, which I did sing at my thirtieth. 
Nice. I did do a karaoke in Santa Monica. I sang um, World in Motion, John Barnes. Yeah. And, yeah, that's about it, really. I've done the old Peter Andre song, but I wouldn't, it wouldn't be my go-to. I'm not really a big karaoke fan, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, one of those three, maybe. Nice. Well, yeah, once again, it's a few points down your or if it is um, initiation song for players, I'm sure, yeah, you've got, you've got to have a song that you know you can know the words to and you can get everyone involved. That's that's the go-to. Um, now, final question, Joe. I'm going to get a bit deep here. Um what has been the one thing you've had to overcome in football? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think I've, I'll plan that answer. Um, I spent too much time thinking about my superpower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, overcoming football. It's a good question. I, obviously, there's lots of things we have to overcome. Um, as a team as well as individually um, I think it's just about trying not and it's an absolute cliche but just not too low not too high which is really difficult for me because when I win I'm just like I'm so bouncy I, it's, it's everything um, and sometimes then trying to keep that level and then also level when you lose I've not always found that easy but I've got better at it because I think when you do suffer huge disappointment, you do learn from that. Um, obviously, last year was a really big year for us. Um, and, and not being able to win the division last year and therefore get to experience a playoff final was a huge blow because our start had given us so much hope. But as I've got older and more experienced, at this club and in this game, the more I realise that, you know, that the processes that we're trying to put in um, are just so important. And, and the, by far the bigger picture is is everything because, you know, I joke about this a lot, actually, sometimes to players. I say, you know, the, the better we do, the more resource we get, the closer I am to being sacked. So um, just, we're just, I'm just really big on processes at the minute. Um, and trying to improve the infrastructure of the football club. And we've made massive strides. Um, and I'm going off here on a bit of a tangent, and I? But yeah, it's just about, I think, overcoming, you know, disappointments, but understanding, you know, what is, what is, the, what is the North Star? What is the end goal? Um, and just focusing on that. And, you know, things are going to change. And as long as we can keep making progress and develop players and the infrastructure, and I think what we have now and how we operate now in comparison to three years ago is just miles away um and next year will be better again the year after will be even better and bigger to the point where hopefully we can sit somewhere one day and go do you know what yeah we've we've absolutely made it here um and that's what i think we're all really excited about Definitely. Yeah, great, great answer as always. And that sort of segues nicely, Blue, into looking ahead to the final nine games of the season. It's crazy to think we're now in the running for the season. Um, we've played a lot of games. So we're now in February. Um, of course, we've only got one more game this month. We've got a, a, a little break and then we've got Watford at home. Big game, of course. Um, thoughts on that and how would you start the season so far? It's really difficult to, to sum it up. Um, because it has, it's been 
been sort of rocky, but actually the the past bit of the season will be determined by these final nine games, I think. These final nine games are huge and I think we're, we're going about it in the right way, breaking them down. Um, but we know the importance of, you know, the league is tight. We've got some great competitors this season. Um, perhaps looking back, maybe at the start of the season, we, we could have capitalised a little bit better. Um, so we're a bit close to the top few. But um, I, I actually think just looking forward, the next nine games is so crucial. Um, so although we've taken learnings and we've um, could have done some things better, but we've actually done some things really well, it's about taking those into these final few games. That's how I'm sort of looking at it. Um, we just have to keep working harder than ever um, for these final few. That's is although I haven't summed it up. That that is how I'm sort of feeling. Um, it's sort of a question mark in my head at the minute. Um, but the thing is, it's, it's in our hands. We can. We're in control of the next nine games and we're in control of our attitude and performances to some extent. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. And just on, like, I think it links up to my last answer about overcoming challenges. And I don't think people will realise the challenge we have because of our reputation, because of what we've achieved, because of that the news stories that we've created in the last four years with FA Cup runs and um, giant killings and winning, obviously not winning, but progressing out of tier four and in a quarterfinal last year, the weight that we carry is quite significant for our level. And I think we have to appreciate how difficult it is to win games of football that people might think we are expected to win. Um, and a great example of that was was just how tough winning at London Bees was. Um, and even us talking to someone at the end who had thought that we were going to wipe the floor with London Bees and actually end up being a lot tighter than they thought. And it's probably the best, most passionate London Bees performance he's that person had seen in two seasons. And that's quite common for us. Um, you know, you've got to look at Portsmouth, put 4-1 four past them yesterday and probably seem quite convincing and we're just at a stage where our kind of a bit of a victim of, of what we've been able to do so that makes it really challenging add to the fact that we're a young group and we've said this for two three years now and people might think oh we're still well we are still young because we were young at 17 and we're still young at 20 it, it's not any easier um and one of the biggest challenges we face is when we perform to a reasonably good level, not quite get the breakthrough, and then go behind. Just because the game can do that, and then suddenly we just like, how has this happened to us? You know, we didn't deserve that. Opposition are thinking, God, we got away with this. How have we got ourselves in front? And then trying to turn that back around is so, so difficult. And I think Portsmouth's a great example of that. You know, had 68% of the game against Portsmouth. Um, you know, and, and they'd never defended how they did against us, against any other team they've played in the last two or three years. So it's also the respect that teams have for us and what we could be capable of, where, you know, they just want to do anything they can to try and win the game. And sometimes that's really difficult for us to understand, and it's not easy. So 
that's 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 really challenging and we have to overcome that quite a lot and it's really not easy um and i hope people understand that this group is still so young still maturing still learning still trying to improve and on top of all that we're competing against the best of every single team we have to play um so for us to achieve something is is, is not going to be easy but it would would make it all that bit sweeter if we if we can get to the finish line Definitely. How has that been for you as, as as a manager this year, having a more competitive league this year? Because it was very much, you know, us, Southampton, Oxford are up there as well. But this year, there's a lot of teams now battling. You know, there's some tougher teams to face. What's that been like? Yeah, it's been good. I think it's what we wanted. I think we, in some ways, like we just said, we wanted the limelight off of us a little bit. But, you know, when you get to an FA Cup quarterfinal and you're on this morning as part of a draw for a last eight of a, national competition you can't stop that limelight and what that comes with that from news articles and whatnot so I kind of wanted to be in the back burner a little bit obviously we didn't want to lose games early and therefore drop down the table and then have to work our way up but I quite enjoyed trying to just remain a bit low-key sometimes the fixtures can help you or hinder you with that depending on who you're playing because obviously you might play the bottom six in a row and you're picking up 18 points all being well and suddenly you're at the top um and then the limelight's back on you again so kind of just wanted to remain a bit low so we, we did have a few players out at the start that we've managed to all get back um and now we're just on the chase you know we're, we're hunting the teams above us um it's not going to be easy but we'll, we'll keep doing as best as we can um all things considered and see where it takes us definitely well um let's quickly take a look then Round up the results from the weekend then, Blue. Um, all the promotion rivals were... They won, unfortunately, but that's just pass and parcel of um, gains. But uh, yeah, quick little round up of how everyone got on. Yes, so Billericay, um hosted Oxford and that was one all at half-time and then Oxford um, sadly scored in the second half to make it 2-1. Um, but a tough, tough game, it sounds like. We obviously won 2-0. Um Cheltenham hosted Watford. Uh, Watford won that one three one. Crawley Wasps actually got their first one of the uh, first league win of the season against Plymouth at home. That was two one. Um, Portsmouth won four one against London Bees. Um, and then finally, MK Dons uh, lost at home two 0 to Gillingham. So yeah, and of course we've got um, a game in hand because Portsmouth are still top of the table. Um, but we've got a game in hand on, of course, Watford as well. But well, Watford have got three games in hand, so they're um, still needing to finish those games. Um, Joe, we don't want to look too far ahead for the next nine games, but you know, your thoughts on, for the remaining of the season? Um, some big games still to come, you know, Watford, Oxford at home. Um, but yeah, just your thoughts on that. Really, really exciting. Um, I think it's good that Watford have got a big game before us. Not because that gives us any advantage, because I don't think it does in terms of the week leading up, but I think it's good that they, they, they're involved in a game against a team around us. So there's going to be someone who either loses or drops points in terms of a draw or a defeat. So I think that's quite positive because it just it changes the, the layout of the, the, the league structure again before our next league game, which I think will be quite good because it will give us a bit more of an indication of, yeah, not how important the game is because we know it's important anyway, but um, just interesting to see how those those two fair Portsmouth and Watford. Um, 
but yeah, like I said, you just you just don't know, and there are just so many variables. You know, we we said that we probably got a bit of an advantage by playing Plymouth at home park. Um, MK Dons were probably at a disadvantage yesterday because Gillingham had Halle Hussein on the pitch. You know, where they may not next week, so therefore they may not get that result. You know, and they've obviously signed Kira Flannery as well, so. It's really difficult because you just don't know. You don't know. Um, you know. I think Bo Parker picked up an ankle injury yesterday against Watford. You know, and she's a really big player for them. So you know, Bill Ricky may not be as strong for their next two games, but they might be even stronger in three games' time. So injuries, dual registration players, pitches, league schedules. You know, it, it can have a huge impact depending on where you play, who you play, when you're playing them. Um, and because of that, you know, this this league will, will change still with another five, six games, um, in another five, six games time, sorry. So, yeah, it's the nine to go, but so much still to change, I'm sure. Indeed. And I don't want to put any pressure on her, but um, some good news, Joe. You're going to have a player coming back. Blue Wilson, how excited are you to see your, your skipper back playing? I'm sure it's been great just having her in training and just even um, the Watford game, sort of part of the, the warm-up as well. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, it's been great to have her back and it's been a real challenging period, I know, and um, I think the way she's attacked that and jumped over the hurdles and the barriers that have been in her way have been absolute credit and I know she'll be a better player, a better person for it long term. Um, but yeah, I think last week was probably the first time I watched her in a session I thought, oh, here she is. Um, you know, you see the sort of the, the face goes more red. There's a bit more grit and some dirt on the knees, and you know, you know, she's really, she's really back to what what we remember as uh, like. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a huge player for us. You know, whether she's playing or whether she's not, you know, her presence, her leadership um, for the final push will be absolutely invaluable. And um, yeah, hopefully she'll have a, a really good part to play. Definitely. Blue, you know, your thoughts on that? You know, big nine games. Hopefully you're going to be part of that, that the nines games. Uh, yeah, you, you looking forward to it? Yeah, of course. I'm, I, I'm, like Joe said earlier, never too high, never too low. Um, so I'm trying to sort of mediate the emotions until I am back. And when I am back, there's, there's still a long way to go. And actually, the midfield area of our team is I'd say probably the strongest area. So it's it's going to be tough to get back in. Um, but yeah, I'm focused on week by week in training and trying to get more and more rust off. And then hopefully in a, in a couple of weeks' times, I'll be I'll be ready. But um, I, I can't wait. Um, but I'm just trying to sort of level myself a little bit um, because you know what happens when you get too high or too low. It, I think it's best to level. Um, but yes, very, very excited. It's been far too long. Um, and yeah, beginning to sort of imagine what it's going to feel like, which I think is a good thing and something that's been quite hard at times to imagine myself ever playing football again. Um, so it must be close. Bring it on. Can't wait. Can't wait. Well, um, it's been a cracking podcast. Um, Joe, thanks for joining us. Blue, thanks as ever. Um, any other business? Anything else you want to mention, um, Joe? Anything you want to plug? I just want to say a huge thank you to the supporters who went to Bridgewater actually yesterday. Yeah. Um, when the turnstiles opened and to see people flooding, I thought, I just cannot believe this. Um, we had a, a tremendous following at Watford. 
I must say, those that, that, that were able to go to that and the support and the even the noise, you know, you just felt it. And don't underestimate how important that's going to be for us. But, you know, if you can't go to those games and you can support us at home, then brilliant. Um, because we're going, to need, we're going to need everybody, really. Hopefully we can have a really big crowd at the AGL against Watford. Um, but, yeah, special mention to those that, that travelled all the way down to Bridgewater yesterday because um, it's not the, the best place to go and watch a game of football. Um, but we really appreciate the support that they gave us and um, happy to send them home smiling with three points. Definitely, yeah. Big shout out to the supporters group. Um, if you want to get involved and want to know more information on you know, supporters travel and just general games at home at AJ Arena, get in contact on ITFC, W-O-S-C on all the socials or email them um, on the um, email at ITFC, W-O-S-C at gmail.com for all your details. And um, yeah, Blue, any other business from yourself? I don't think so, Ross. I think we're all good. It's been a good pod. That has been. Um, well, Joe, thanks for joining us. Um, and I'll let you outro as you do, Blue. Thank you both. Good pod. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. And yeah, I'd like to shout out the Bridgewater fans as well. Um, that's a long, long way. Um, so thank you for the support as ever. And we'll catch you after the Watford game. <laughs> <laughs>